Hello, listeners. Hello. So, we are very excited to dive into all of the wonders that Blackout by Britney Spears has to offer for us. We just wanted to hop in here quickly to say that um, our deep dive was recorded and uh, some things have changed since then. So, uh, Britney Spears has now been freed from her conservatorship, which is uh, just very great, exciting, wonderful news. Hopefully, um, some more long-term changes can come, both in her own life and in the legal uh, issue of conservatorships as a mm-hmm. whole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple of references on this podcast may be a little outdated, but we uh, wanted to include it anyway as a form of, a, what is it, journalistic integrity? Yes, an addendum, if you will. <laughs> Indeed. So we are looking forward to diving in and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Pop Maestros of the Podcast Generation. I am Blake. And I'm Quinn. And yeah, welcome to the show. And so... This is episode four? I guess technically episode five if we count the introduction, but our fourth deep dive. Our fourth deep dive, yes. And who's... Who are we diving into this week, Quinn? What what album are we diving into? Well, um... I don't think there's anything more appropriate to say than it's Britney, bitch. Although yeah. I'm worried that's becoming overused. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't want to reveal too much about how the sausage is made, but we had a different album that was slotted to be this week originally, but then given given the news and all the stuff that was going on with Britney Spears, we decided to pivot mm-hmm. and talk about Blackout mm-hmm. and... Here we are. You know, what What a pivot it was. Yes. I'm, I had a lot of fun with this change of scheduling. Mm-hmm. I am a big Britney Spears fan, as I think to be alive is to be a yes, Britney Spears to fan. to be a gay man. <laughs> yeah. But um, I feel like she's, like, beloved by everyone. But oh, especially yeah. a gay man, you know. Oh, you, yes. Gotta, everyone has a special place in their heart for Britney. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, it's very interesting to spend some time with this album in particular, uh, just given all that we've found out and all that we still don't really know about her life story. Um, This is just a a real moment in time, a snapshot Mm -hmm. for her. Do you have a, a favorite early Britney moment? Like, how did you get introduced to Britney Spears, Blake? Yes. So, I was born in 1999. So, I was... Britney has been around for my entire life, essentially, which is crazy to think about, which I think Baby One More Time was released in, like, August of 1999. Or, like, it was, like, right before I was born. I was born in November. So she's been around essentially for my entire lifetime, but I feel like the first time I ever really heard a Britney Spears song and fell in love with it is that I was like four or five years old and I was like, I was at like a soccer like day camp in like my hometown for some reason, like I don't play soccer. I have not played soccer in like 15 (laughs) years, but for some reason I remember being on this soccer field and they, and it it would have been either 2004 or 2005, which I think In The Zone came out in 2004. But regardless, it would have been when Toxic was first on the radio. And I remember, like, I was at a little kid at the soccer camp, you know, kicking around the ball. And, like, they had, like, music playing. And I heard Toxic by Britney Spears. And I just fell in love with it. And I remember, like, going home and, like, asking my dad to, like, put that song on, like, a mixed CD. Because I had a little, like, pink CD player that I, like, saved up my allowance for. 
for like four or five weeks i got paid like four dollars a week for like doing chores as a kid and i eventually saved up twenty dollars and i went to walmart and i bought that cd player and it came with a pair of headphones and then my dad would make me mix cds off of songs that i specifically requested him to buy off itunes so he would burn those songs onto the CD. And you then gave I, him a shopping list yes, of songs. Yes, I would These have... These are what I want. Yes, before I had my first iPod, like, I had those little mix CDs. And I remember uh, Toxic being on one of those CDs. And then, of course, it was also on my first uh, iPod as well. And so, yes, that was, like, my very first encounter with Miss Spears. See, now, I guess I'm old. <laughs> because my first clear memory of Britney Spears was, oops, I did it again. Mm-hmm. I think, well, my sisters I recall it being on Disney Channel a lot. I don't mm-hmm. remember it actually playing on Disney Channel, but I remember them having like a phase when I was a younger kid and they were showing me you know, mm-hmm. yeah. music videos of you know the pop stars that they were interested in. And oops, I did it again was on heavy rotation. And I thought it was excellent. I mean... It's, it's, oops, I did it again. You know, yeah. it's, it's the red jumpsuit, leather, you got the dancing, the Titanic reference. It just sort of captured the pop imagination of the time. And for, I, it, I don't think it was right when it came out that I was aware of it. So it mm-hmm. was something I was aware of from then on. And yeah, it's Britney Spears. I was more of a Christina fan. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. But I also, and so tired of pitting women against each other. I think of there's course. there's enough room for Christina and Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know that I had like a particular connection to her. I think I knew her big songs and appreciated her. I thought she was a really good dancer, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of inarguable. Like she's she kills choreo. It's oh, really yes. impressive. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I mean, she was just kind of like the pop star for a mm-hmm. while. And, like, she had, you know, the microphone that is, hangs yeah. from her ear and goes in front of her mouth. And yeah. You just, I, everyone loved her. And then I really wasn't paying too much attention to her. Like, obviously, I knew about, you know, 2007 being sort of a historically terrible year in her life trajectory. But mm-hmm. I don't even know that I was really paying too much attention. And I have quite a lot to say about how she was treated by the public and the media at that time now. But I, mm-hmm. then I wasn't really thinking about it. And then I just remember her kind of coming back with Womanizer. Yeah. And that being like, oh my gosh, Britney Spears is back. Where did she go? Who cares? <laughs> long, mm-hmm. li- long live the queen. <laughs> long live Miss Spears. And um it was very scandalous that she was naked in the video. I remember being like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's wild. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I liked the song a lot. And so again, like we're literally skipping right over Blackout in terms yeah. of my time spent having an awareness of Britney Spears. So this has been really interesting because I learned a lot in, mm-hmm. in exploring this facet of her career. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I had a very similar experience with it as well. Is where this album, I believe, came out on October thirtieth, two thousand. It was October twenty seventh. October twenty seventh. Okay. Well, my si- my younger sister was born October thirty first, two thousand seven. So I remember. Yes, I know she's a Halloween baby. 
up and so this album is turning 14 this year oh my gosh and so i very much i very vividly remember that time just because of course i had a new sibling enter my life but very much so i do not remember this album really being a part of it and yeah i remember i feel like blackout was just kind of i was of course i knew her from toxic i knew all of her big hits and then I feel like 2009, she came back with Circus and Womanizer and Three, and then I was like, oh yeah, Britney's back, or like, she never really left, and then 2011, like, I personally am also a big fan, I was very much into her for Femme Fatale, just because there were so many hit singles from that record that were on the radio, I was also a huge Kesha fan, I still am, but particularly, like, 2010, 2011, like, Animal and Cannibal were, like, my two favorite albums ever. And Ke- it's easy to forget how everywhere Kesha was oh, in yes. like 2010, 2011. I, like, she was everywhere. I lo- I still love Kesha, but like in 2010, 2011, she was pretty much the only artist that I listened to. Like Animal and Cannibal were on repeat on my iPod. Like that, I think that was like really kind of like the first pop album where like I, every single song I knew, every sing, every bonus track, every music video, I just was completely taken away by it. And this makes a ton of sense. Yes. <laughs> but Kesha was also on the remix of Till the World Ends. With Kesha Nikki. wrote Till the World Ends. Yeah, she wrote it. And then she was also on, and then Britney sang it. And then she did a remix with Kesha and Nicki Minaj. And I remember that being... I and that was, was also when Nicki Minaj was everywhere. Too. Yes, that was Pink Friday. Yeah, Pink Friday. That was just when Pink Friday had first come out. That was the super bass era. Yeah, all three of them were kind of really inescapable. But I personally, I personally really love the Femme Fatale era, and I think it's very, very underrated. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's for sure a podcast coming up at yes. some point. We are definitely going to have to get into Femme Fatale. Love Femme Fatale. It's a great one. But we're here to talk about Blackout. (laughs) (laughs) But back to present, or I guess further past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I... There's a lot of entry points into this that we could go, but I just think Blackout being the name of this album is so perfect on Mm -hmm. so many different levels. Oh, yeah. And I think one of them being, like, from my own... It's a very personal meaning of Blackout, but, like this is the phase of Britney's career that I was paying the least attention to her. So it's kind of like blacked out in my understanding of her. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it was sort of similar for you. Yeah. And I I just think there's so many amazing layers to Blackout as Mm -hmm. the album title. I think reading about why that was chosen as the album title, Mm -hmm. it was to black out the negativity and black out the the bad vibes and just focus on the party. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I think most people in their day-to-day lives, if you say something was a blackout, you, like, got too fucked up and your memories are gone. Mm -hmm. And I think this album, it just sounds so much like one evening in which you blacked out yeah so Mm -hmm. i yeah there's just a lot of layers to this album that i really like but i think it really closely mirrors what i was (laughs) my interaction with britney spears at that time although i was not blacking out in 2007 i was (laughs) i was a good kid then (laughs) (laughs) And, and this was also the era in which britney spears also dyed her hair black so that... Which I gotta say, 
has aged really differently to me. I feel like it was maybe a thing back in the day, but it's like now every pop star has had like every hair color. It was just yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> came off as kind of tame. Like, okay, oh, yeah. she has brown hair. Mm-hmm. It looks fine. Yeah. It's a little unusual for her, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Well, Blake, enough dancing around it. So <laughs> here we go. Officially, Blackout, released October 27, 2007, by Jive Records. The artist was Britney Spears. A rather notoriously terrible year in her life, which it sounds like she's had quite a few more terrible years since then. And I think the public understanding now is so different about her story in 2007. There was sort of this idea for years, and I think we mentioned this at the tail end of the last podcast, like, if Britney Spears can get through 2007, you can get through whatever hardship you're going through. But the reality is, I mean, this was kind of the beginning of her troubles, at least in terms of the conservatorship that has dictated so much of the last decade of her life and Mm -hmm. has caused her to be exploited and put in some really dangerous situations. I have had the opportunity to watch both of the Hulu documentaries that were done by the New York Times. I believe they were called Framing Britney Spears and Controlling Mm -hmm. Britney Spears, and then there was also a Netflix one called yeah. Britney versus Spears that was done by a journalist who knows her that spoke at length about all of the the legal chess and all the different ways that she has been controlled and manipulated and exploited by her family, by professionals in the industry that were meant to be protecting her. Really a hard look at the legal system. I had actually a couple of years ago saw a documentary on Netflix about conservatorships and conservatorship abuse. Mm -hmm. And this is a very real problem for many people beyond just Britney Spears. There's a particular set of circumstances that are really unique to Britney's situation, namely that she is so young and Mm -hmm. she's so famous and she has been working this entire time. That's such a weird facet of conservatorships. People are usually not able to work if they're in a conservatorship. But in any case... I really do recommend those documentaries if you would like a deeper insight into the legal implications of her situation and how that has all happened. The focus of this podcast is really more to dive into Blackout, and I think the context of Blackout is very important, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to get too far into the weeds because I honestly would just be parroting most of the information that was touched on in those documentaries, so... Again, if that's really of interest to you, I recommend checking those out. But what I will say in watching those recently was I was actually pretty surprised to learn that Blackout has a really good reputation these days among hardcore Britney fans and music critics alike for being a really progressive and influential pop album. And I was not aware that this was the reputation of Blackout. I knew, of course, everyone knows it's Britney bitch, like that mm-hmm. that catchphrase tagline that has yeah. been such an important part of her brand. I certainly knew that Blackout was important, but I didn't know it was such an artistic feat. And so in entering into this project, I was really sort of expecting... I had high expectations for Blackout. I thought, okay, this is really going to be something great and something special and I gotta be honest I was not disappointed 
I was really blown away and it seemed like this is really the zenith of her artistry. It's an album that only Britney Spears could make. Mm -hmm. And I think there's certain things I don't love about it and there's a certain critique in general that I don't necessarily think as a singer, she does a whole lot of really inspiring things on this album. I think the production is used to kind of hide her vocal limitations, which again, a side note, this is kind of the first artist like that that we're talking about. There's the pop stars we've talked about before, Celine Dion, Ariana Grande, Kelly Clarkson are all really well-known and renowned for their pipes. (laughs) And Britney Spears is not particularly a singer-singer, but she's a really enthralling entertainer. And... Again, so much of what's so interesting about this era is that because of her personal struggles, the amount of promotion and music videos and just her ability to really turn this album into this event was very limited. And she was kind of operating on not using her greatest strengths, which her greatest strength is her charisma and her acrobatic dance moves and just kind of, they call it like her Olympian level of work ethic in... Mm -hmm. The documentaries about her and she's really missing that like key component of her artistry and so it's all the more impressive to see this album succeed in so many ways because it's like Britney Britney coming in here at like 65 70% and she still knocks it out of the park it's mm-hmm. great to see yeah absolutely I agree with so much of that like again for yeah, I have not seen the documentaries about kind of the logistics of her conservatorship yet. I've been following it in the news and I've been kind of consuming that story and that information in sort of smaller pieces, whether it be TikToks, news articles, stuff like that. But I've been meaning to sit down and actually watch those documentaries and give them my full attention. So I hope to do that soon. But yeah, I was always kind of aware that Blackout had kind of had this reputation of being this really influential pop album that it was kind of the black sheep of Britney Spears' discography where I knew it had a very dedicated sort of fan base. And so I'm very, yeah, and it was always, it's always been one of those albums that I've been meaning to kind of dive into. And I did a little bit of it earlier this year where I was just like kind of listening through Britney Spears' discography. You were training for this I was training for this. (laughs) And a couple of deep cuts I did discover earlier this year and just kind of fell in love with. But again, it wasn't until we decided we were going to do Blackout and really just sitting down and diving into this record. And I was thoroughly impressed with what I heard. I think this sound is, I think the sound that she kind of crafts here has been really influential. And I think it one is kind of emblematic of its time, but I think we've also seen kind of its ripple effect throughout the 2010s. And it kind of introduces this kind of much darker sound to kind of Britney's music that there is a lot more experimentation it takes a lot of influences from techno uh kind of like there's disco influences there's some 80s references and samples as well which we will get into but it was really i mean her vocals have always been great but i also know that when Britney, one of the reasons, at least that I've heard that she lip syncs is to preserve her voice because when she does kind of like the baby, the baby voice that she did for baby one more time and kind of early in her career, that was incredibly damaging. Yeah. She has not really been allowed to sing in a way that's healthy because her 
nasally, mm-hmm. really distinct tone has become this very important aspect of her brand. Yeah. That I, yeah, she's really been pigeonholed into this sound and it's mm-hmm. not the most versatile. And I think as she ages, she's running out of ways to employ this sound. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know that she's all that interested in releasing more music. She probably would like to be left alone, <laughs> to quote Chris Crocker. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean to say that she is bad at singing by any means, and I, yeah, I was aware that there were these yeah. <laughs> constraints that she was put under to sing in a certain way, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just a really different type of entertainer that I think also deserves respect in the pop sphere, but again, very different than what we've approached in the past. For sure, for sure. So I really think this album cannot be extricated from Britney Spears's relationship with the media at this particular time. And I gotta say, in learning about contemporarily what's happening in Britney Spears's life, the biggest thought that's crossed my mind, and this is quite dark, is how is this woman still alive? I mean, we've lost Diana, we've lost Amy Winehouse, we've lost all of these influential individuals that were just gobbled alive by the media and of course she's been you know manipulated and abused by those close to her and by the media also it's just clear that this woman has such a strength of character and I have so much admiration for all the stuff she was able to get through where this plays into blackout is I mean I think we've all seen and been familiar with the shaving her head incident the Mm -hmm. The run-ins with the paparazzi, just the the ways in which she was spiraling out of control in 2007. And in spite of all of this, she really did deliver, again, on a great album that has so many interesting sonic elements and that is truly one of the most cohesive albums I've ever listened to in my life. But it's so fascinating to read reviews and Articles and sort of put yourself back in the 2007 conversation about Britney Spears because they were just frankly so mean to her. Mm-hmm. And talk, just reading the stuff, making all these comments about her body mm-hmm. and about her intelligence and about just how little agency she had over her artistry, which is pretty far from the case if you like read what anyone who's worked with her has had to say or you Mm -hmm. are familiar with how she puts things together she's not really a songwriter she hasn't written most of her songs i think she only has writing credit on like three of the songs in blackout but i mean she curated all of this she didn't put anything on the album that she didn't like or didn't want to be there she choreographs like all her own dancing and teaches it to her backup dancers She's very involved with her costuming, and it sounds like everyone who's worked with her has just these glowing things to say about her personality and her sweetness, but also her work ethic. And, like, some of these songs, like, she walked into the studio to record Radar the day she filed for divorce from Kevin Federline. She recorded a lot of these songs while she was pregnant with her second child, She just really put in the time, and it's kind of incredible to see how she was able to pull this off while being followed by, like, 50, 60 paparazzis everywhere she was going. Uh, They talked about at the Piece of Me music video, she showed up, like, 12 hours late, and people were kind of annoyed with her about it. 
but they were like, I guess if we were being followed around, we would be late everywhere too. And like she showed up 12 hours late and still like made such an efficient use of the time and delivered a music video that won the award for video of the year at the MTV Video Music Awards. So I just was looking back on that and I think it's been touched on, but it's just worth saying that what did she do that was so awful that warranted people looking at her like this horrible, trashy person that was just the worst. I know that there's people had opinions about the breakup with Justin Timberlake, which again, I think Justin Timberlake has even apologized for how sexist and like how he benefited from the systems in place that vilified her, even though like, I guess maybe she cheated on him, but like how many celebrities have cheated on other people? Like this did not warrant like all of these nasty things people had to say about her all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on the side of Chris who made the famous now very famous leave Britney alone Mm -hmm. video that was specifically released after a kind of disastrous performance of Jimmy Moore at the, the VMAs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just what did she do that was so bad? She seems like a really sweet woman, mm-hmm. and she was under a lot of pressure and making some bad decisions for her own life. But mm-hmm. there are some celebrities that have not been treated this terribly for a lot worse and consistently bad over longer spans of time yeah. behavior. Like, really, after this kind of very public meltdown, in terms of like. She's had struggles that she's had to go through, but in the public sphere, it seems like she's conducted herself in a really respectful way. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what people are so angry about with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think very much so, like, at least I follow her on Instagram, and I feel like very much so, like, what's being reflected of her life right now is that she's just enjoying spending time with her kids and dancing. She does these beautiful, like, dance routines that she posts to Instagram, And I feel like she's gotten to this place where she's really just doing what she wants to do, which right now is not making a big record. It's not going on tour. It's escaping this horrible oppression that she's been living under. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think just at least witnessing her on social media, I feel like it's been her finally kind of getting her voice back, which has been really, really beautiful to see. And yeah, I was watching, I was literally watching the 2007 BMA's performance this morning and apparent there's apparently an interesting backstory. I was looking through the comments, so I don't, I don't know if this actually happened, but there was one commenter who was talking about that the full context for the Gimme More performance is that Britney had had some sort of interaction with Justin Timberlake backstage and this interaction, and again, I don't know if this actually happened, this was recounted by some hearsay but one of the uh, interesting piece of pop culture uh, trivia is that she had an inter she had some sort of interaction with justin timberlake backstage before her performance and then she essentially had a panic attack because of this interaction it would seem to be implied that it was not a positive interaction and she initially was supposed to perform in this dress and so she was in her dressing room she was like in the actual performance she's like in a bra and like panties like that's like kind of her outfit for this performance and she was supposed to be like in this like kind of elegant dress she was supposed to have like a wig on and she was like shaking and kind of in such hysterics that her hairdresser or her stylist was just like okay i can't deal with you right now and essentially she was just kind of pushed out 
to do that performance that it was a very much a last minute thing and that kind of out what that wardrobe choice was not of her doing she was initially supposed to be that performance was not supposed to be the way that it, it actually ended up being and then apparently everyone in the audience like it cuts to a lot of people like celebrities watching like it cuts to rihanna it cuts to i believe 50 cent uh, yeah 50 cent uh i think kanye i think you can see kanye west as well but like apparently everyone knew like about this interaction that happened and knowing just how deeply that performance was just crucified to no end and like i guess i watched it as well and I, it was hard to watch because mm-hmm. it was just clear that she did not want to be there. She mm-hmm. was not comfortable. She was in a really bad spot. And it was... I have a lot of issues with people watching that and just tearing her apart. Because, again, was it the world's greatest performance? No. But it seemed like she was having a hard day rather mm-hmm. than like showing up and saying, I don't care about this. I don't care about my artistry. I don't care about... Mm-hmm. anything anymore screw you guys yeah. and i i did read one of the comments one of them was britney gave the world the performance they deserved in 2007 and i mm-hmm. kind of agree with that yeah and i also will say in spite of the glaring flaws with the performance it isn't that bad yeah, no like, literally she's it's actually, not bad she's giving a pretty narcotized performance and even britney spears like on xanax is mm-hmm. way more entertaining than a lot of performers like she still hits the moves it's not with the same sharpness and precision she usually does yeah but she actually really kind of she kind of played it off and it mm-hmm. could have been a much worse performance and mm-hmm. i mean she's obviously lip syncing like it's not even a recording of the track like it is the studio version that was released as the single so it's yeah very clear that she's not singing but in terms of interacting with the dancers and all the stuff that was going on like mm-hmm. it's not as bad as people oh, yeah. say no it is not it is like even this is like britney at like 10 like bottom like 10 percent energy and effort and like even then it's still it's not that bad of a performance like there is still some very impressive choreo like she commits to it she follows she gets up there and she does her damn best and i think and again um, how is this woman still alive it's yeah. like we've beat her down we've beat her down we beat her down and yet still she mm-hmm. seems to be out here fighting for a better life for herself and wanting to have more kids and just yeah. being at peace in this world and i hope that she is able to get a ton of really good therapy i hope she's able to get out of the conservatorship first priority yeah. one yeah but priority yeah. after that i just hope she can find some peace and if that is slipping away to the philippines yes then i hope that in the new 2021 understanding of her Mm -hmm. i'm she'll be famous the rest of her life i don't think there's any avoiding that but just that she'll be given some amount of space Mm -hmm. to heal from all of this trauma and yeah i really did take offense to like all of the cutaways that make it look like all of these celebrities are like scoffing at her yeah because it's those reaction shots are always Mm -hmm. they put them in weird places and i doubt Mm-hmm. any of them were like wanting to throw tomatoes at Britney Spears. Yeah. I Patty LaBelle, I think it's Patty LaBelle. I'm remembering this from years ago. Mm-hmm. She made a comment 
about back in the Britney versus Christina days. Yeah. She said, Christina's more talented than Britney, but Britney will have a longer career in the industry because she knows how to treat people. <laughs> and, um, again, I don't want to pit anybody against each other, but I just, there's so many quotes like that of just, it sounds like Britney Spears is just like the most lovely person and mm. everyone who works with her loves her. People who have yeah. nothing to do with pop music or pop stars yeah. have just adoring things to say about her. Mm-hmm. So it's just really sad to see like somebody who is not perfect. I'm sure she has plenty of flaws and has had bad moments. Oh yeah. But like... We all do. <laughs> exactly. Like I just don't know why... You would spend time in your day being angry about Britney Spears. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I feel like if she met you, she would probably buy you a cup of coffee and give you a hug and sign whatever the hell you wanted her to sign. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, I just leave Britney alone. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, Blake, I'm feeling ready to take this to the track by track level. Are, are you feeling ready? I am ready. So, track one. The most iconic song on this album, Give yeah. Me More. That opening statement, it's mm-hmm. Britney Bitch. Yes. Is this the best pop star catchphrase of all time? It's it's up there. I'm trying to think of what. I Well, here's the thing I love about it. It's mm. amazing. It's iconic. It's everything that... It's all Britney Spears. It's a great little clapbacky thing. Yeah. Like, here I am. And... Again, a really running motif on this album is, like, there's a lot of reverence paid to the name of Britney Spears, and it's not even her most of the time. It's, like, the producers and people in the background being like, Mm -hmm. it's the legend, Miss Britney Spears. It's Britney. Go, Britney. Hey, Britney. Mm -hmm. I love that she says it's Britney, bitch, a singular time, and that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. she lets everyone else take it and make it this big thing, but she only Mm -hmm. in Gimme More. It opens with, it's Britney, bitch. And she's done. She's moved on to the yeah. next thing. I think it's genius. Yeah. Just let everyone else, just let it sink in and move on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's such a great intro. It's such a great intro. And I think this track, it's just, it's iconic in every way imaginable. I think it is the album's sort of central thesis and center point. I think it's so beautifully, what it so beautifully captures, not only is it just a great catchy song that you can dance to her vocals the instrumental it's so slick it's so rhythmic but i feel like it very so kind of geniusly captures this kind of this double meaning that she really kind of incorporates throughout the album where this song is about sort of getting sexual with a partner you know asking for a partner give me more give me more give me more but also it very much and very cleverly examines her relationship with the media as well i feel like sort of talking about how from especially at that time how 50s to 60 paparazzi were following her every single day and kind of the sentiment of give me more give me more give me more like thinking about when she performed this literal song (laughs) at the 2007 vmas and people were disappointed and wanted more i feel like it works on so many different kind of thematic levels where on kind of the surface it's a fun catchy song about sex but also deeper it really kind of cleverly comments on her relationship with the media and how she feels being kind of so kind of brutally crucified by these paparazzi that follow her around all the time. And she addresses this relationship more explicitly on later tracks in the album, but I feel like there's there's such great duality to it, and I feel like it's just encapsulated here so, so, so well 
and that this track is just it's it's really stood the test of time like whenever i think of this song but i remember back in the era of vine like 2014 to like 2016 there was a vine where it was like it was i think from like one of like the 2015 it was like it was when uh trump and clinton it was during that time when that election it was like a clip of them and it was like please rise for the national anthem and then it plays Britney Spears give me more. <laughs> and I Amazing. Fe- yes, and I feel like that vine as a whole is just so emblematic of this song's kind of lasting impact that like it really has it's a pop culture staple of not only the 2000s but of the 14 years since this album has been released. I've read countless think pieces on why give me more is a perfect pop song and I would be inclined to agree production wise lyrically it's just i love it i love it it's it's incredible it's iconic yeah i think my take on this entire album that's so interesting is i feel like it sounds like one night it's a blackout night you're out on the town and all of these songs are really cohesive and stacked on each other in a way that makes a ton of sense and i feel like britney spears is like the popular girl from your high school that like got pregnant or there was some scandal with her and she was really popular and she had this fall from grace and you're out and about on this night out on the town and you run into her and you end up you know you're drunk and just like hey girl what's up like you kind of know each other maybe you had like a class with them or something Mm -hmm. and then you end up spending you know (laughs) some time like hanging out going out dancing And throughout the course of the album, you just are having a good time and get to know this person and are like, "Ah, she's not so bad. Like, I think she's misunderstood. It's like kind of like almost the album equivalent of of like the prostitute with a heart of gold literary trope. Yeah. And I... Julia Roberts, pretty woman. Right. (laughs) And I think that Gimme More is really the introduction to this this evening. It starts with, it's Britney, bitch, and then Mm -hmm. just that that club Mm -hmm. sonic sound that's so consistent throughout this album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just really felt like that was the journey I was being taken on, was just meeting somebody that has a bad reputation Mm -hmm. for not a lot of really great reasons, and you you see them and you see the person behind it and you're like no like they're awesome like i just hung out with them last weekend like there's probably a misunderstanding or like oh so what they had a baby when they were 16 like big fucking whoop it happens Mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean they're a bad person so yeah i find gimme more to be like the introduction to this story that i was taken on which maybe other people are or not but, yeah, I was really getting the vibe of, like, the popular girl who had the fall from grace and you run into her and you're like, ah, I see why this girl's popular. Like, yeah. she's pretty cool. I'm down with it. I also think this is a great time to talk about just some of the sonic elements of the album that are immediately apparent in Gimme More. This sort of glitchy, sleazy production. Like, this mm-hmm. this night out is in a dive bar. Like, yeah. this is not a really spruced-up club by any means. And, yeah, there's a lot of, like, stuttering, 
also, this whole album, if this didn't work out, Britney Spears should, like, contact Listerine immediately. She could be in any sort of, like, dental hygiene commercial. The amount of, like, ha-ha, like, yeah. sound throughout <laughs> the entire album. Like, oh, yeah. And everyone, all the, like, producers and stuff in the background are doing it, too. Like, this, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are parts of this album that I'm just like, is this, like, a dentist commercial? Yes, like, literally. They love, they love the ha-has this the, time, and uh... that's there. And, again... You could easily be forgiven for thinking Pharrell Williams and Timbaland produced this entire project. That was what my assumption was, that there was a lot of Pharrell, there was a lot of Timbaland in here because mm-hmm. there's just such a quintessential 2007, like, kind of a, a menacing, tense darkness, but met with some really, like, club readiness that mm-hmm. keeps it a little bit lighter and a little more fun and funky. And I was actually surprised to learn that Timbaland has zero producing credits on this album, and Pharrell only produces one song with the Neptunes. He wrote and produced one song. Mm-hmm. Really, the star here is Danger, and I was not super familiar with him, but he was kind of Timbaland's protege, and mm-hmm. Gimme More was really his coming out party as a producer, and him emerging and saying, I'm here too and like proving himself yeah. out of out of Timbaland's shadow and it's interesting in looking at his career because he will never again have like or at least to date has not had a big hit at the level of Gimme More and the other songs that were on this album and so it's very interesting to see him emerging from Timbaland's <laughs> shadow but then kind of immediately retreating back mm-hmm. into it I mean he was yeah. A producer on Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado before Mm -hmm. this. He's also a producer on uh, Future Sex Love Sounds by Justin Timberlake that came out this year. Like he's Mm -hmm. he's done a lot of projects that have this stuttering, grungy club vibe that was so big in this era of the two thousands. Yeah. And Britney Spears just really sort of plopped in on top of it and just inflected everything with her charm and her Mm -hmm. aura and that sort of trademark nasally raspy mm-hmm. vocal that she has yeah. and elevated it to levels that it would have never gone to otherwise and oh, yeah. extended the shelf life of this sound that Danger was really at the helm of. Carrie Hilson of Pretty Girl Rock love, fame. I love Carrie Hilson. Knock You Down. Mm-hmm. She is also a songwriter and producer on this track, and I wanted to shout her out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had a very interesting career. She's also on a, a couple other songs in this album. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she, um, I think, pissed off Beyonce, and that was a huge no-no and Ooh. lost a lot of clout. But this was really her at the peak of her powers in the mm-hmm. music industry. I think Knock You Down which is her biggest solo single, was mm-hmm. not far away from this. Yeah. And she uh, was also kind of in that Timbaland click too. Yeah. So there was definitely, like, Timbaland cast a shadow over this, but he was not mm-hmm. personally involved. Um, and, yeah, I mean, more about Danger. He's the guy in the song mm-hmm. that's like, hoo hoo like, kind yeah. of, like, at the end part. And he, mm-hmm. he sort of pops in yeah. and does these, like, guest little things. He's also, mm-hmm. like, Get Naked, I Got a Plan is pretty much a duet between yeah. him and Britney Spears. And, again, he talked about, like, he wanted to be really present on these records because he yeah. was really trying to establish himself. So, again, mm-hmm. it's just funny that that didn't, necessarily translate to like more blockbuster success Mm. for him but he's in terms of production and just Mm -hmm. like architecture of sound on this album he's really a star here and Mm -hmm. it's i think he did a great job and i think the album benefits from having so many 
tracks that he had a hand in and really keeping that cohesion moving forward just mm-hmm. last time we talked about falling into you and like there was not a lot of consistency in the producers and writers like there were just kind of everyone was invited to the party there and yeah. here it the the grouping kept it really tight and i think that benefits this album a mm-hmm. ton yeah all that to say in terms of giving me more I will say, I don't know that I'm as glowing about it. I think it really coasts on the It's Britney Bitch like catchphrase. And I think there's elements of the song that I wish were a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. And I wish that her voice was given more time to shine than like kind of being disguised in distortions. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, like, it's a banger. And yeah. if it comes on, you just like have to get on the dance floor. It's has such an amazing legacy and it is really enjoyable to get through. And I do love the kind of like sex kitten vocal mm-hmm. stuff that she does do and plays yeah. around with. There's something really there mm-hmm. um, with it. And again, it's dangerous song. So if yeah. he wants to, if he wants to, you know, get on there, I'm not mm-hmm. going to begrudge him that at all. And, yeah, I mean, we talked about, I think, the most famous legacy of this song in terms of, like, in 2007 with Blackout was her universally panned performance of the song at the VMAs. Mm -hmm. The music video for this song, I think, is terrible, but it's so terrible that it's Mm -hmm. so right. Like, again, this song is a hot mess, and that's, like, what it's supposed to be, and the video just needed to be a hot mess. Yeah. It does kind of give me... So, if you haven't seen it or haven't watched it in a while, mm-hmm. Britney Spears, blonde Britney Spears, yes. goes into a bar She's with wearing some, a terrible wig. It's like, atrocious. It's awful. Yeah, like, it's just so clearly, like, synthetic. Like, if you burned it, like, global warming would accelerate by ten times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's in the bar, and she looks up and sees a, a brunette Britney Spears in mm-hmm. just a fabulously 2007 like yeah. fishnets with like a vest and a fedora <laughs> and yeah. like weird chunky accessories yeah. um going through and dancing on a pole mm-hmm. my comment about that Lil Nas X would like a word about mm-hmm. the pole dancing. Britney Spears can deliver much more intense pole dancing choreography. She was not making the most of that pole in the video. It was mm-hmm. kind of, she was kind of limply going around the pole. It was giving me very much like bachelorette party invades yeah. a gay bar type of vibe. Yes. Of like, look at me, I'm fabulous. And mm-hmm. it's like you're not really doing much. But again, the video needs to be a hot mess. Like, it's yeah. perfect in being so bad. Yeah, like, yeah, I rewatched the music video this morning, and, like, again, it is, it's not a good video. And, like, I really thought it was gonna kind of play on, like, the duality of, like, brunette Britney and blonde Britney. And really, all they have is that kind of, like, one moment they look at each other, and then it's just, and then blonde Britney just disappears for the rest <laughs> of the video. And so I thought that's, like, initially set up, and I was like, okay, it's gonna be, like, between them. Is it gonna be, like, a battle of, like, blonde Britney? Good versus good evil. Good versus evil. Like, because especially, because there's, well, and we'll talk about the rest of the music videos from this era later on, but I feel like there's such a wide variety of styles and kind of creativity into the rest of it that I feel like give me more, like, it just, it's kind of lacking. I was just like, I wanted it to give me more. <laughs> but again, yeah, in this know. whole story that I've completely created in my head about this mm-hmm. album, mm-hmm. it does sort of feel like it makes sense that at the beginning it's kind of limp because no one's drunk yet. Yeah. Like, when you, that that early point in the party where like it's always awkward and like you maybe are like the first one there and don't really know who to talk to like yeah. 
by the time you're drunk, that's mm-hmm. when, you know, you don't feel, like, self-conscious and weird about, like, pole dancing or whatever. But, yeah, yeah it, it felt like, like, no one was drunk yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it needed, it needed some, some more, like, social lubricant to get the night going. But, yeah, and, I mean, there were challenges in her personal life. She came late to set that day. It was just, mm-hmm. there was a lot going on. And, but again, like, Gimme More is... It's a mess. Like yeah, it's, it's just it's, sure. it's a glorious mess. <laughs> and like the the music video just has to suck. Like it mm-hmm. just it sucks so good. Oh, I guess yeah. is my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. I'll also say, as the resident Billboard expert on this panel, <laughs> um, this song did peak at number three. Um, mm-hmm. It was a pretty decent hit for her. It was actually Britney Spears weirdly did not have a number one song from Baby One More Time to Womanizer, which was a full, like, nine years later. And a a big part of this was there was a huge botched opportunity on her management's, like, side with both Toxic and Oops, I Did It Again. They Mm -hmm. were not, like, released within the chart rule permutations as Mm -hmm. singles, and so their charting positions were only based on radio play, even Mm -hmm. though those were both... They would have been number one songs, yeah. or at least higher. They both peaked at number nine, which is mm-hmm. not super high. Yeah. They would have been much more successful charting songs mm-hmm. for her if her management had actually not completely botched yeah. the release of that. <laughs> so again, she had some really solid hit singles in there, yeah. but again, like she wasn't really dominating the charts. A lot mm-hmm. of that would come later in her comebacks that were of course mm-hmm. largely fueled by her controlling parental management yeah but gimme more at the time was her second highest charting song ever mm-hmm. and it was it was a big hit i mean people really enjoyed it and it it made such a lasting impact and in terms of impact today i mean yeah. easily the most impactful song on this record it's mm-hmm. one i think most everybody knows and if you don't know the song itself, you know it's Britney, bitch. Yes. <laughs> like, even if you don't know where it's from, mm-hmm. it's clear that it's here. Yes. It's, yes, it's found itself into so many different facets of pop culture, and it's been referenced so many times. Are you going to bring up Glee? No. I'm not going <laughs> to bring up Glee, because they they do actually cover this song in Glee, but it was after, it was season four. They're making fun of her. Yeah, they're like... making fun of her, and so essentially this is... If you are ever going to watch Glee, like it's it's terrible all the way through, but season three kind of has the perfect finale. It was before the main cast members started dying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but they do they have a Britney Spears episode in season two, which Britney Spears actually makes a cameo in. And I think that's one of the best episodes of the entire series. It is No, I will it, say that's in that's in a, the strong It is a of the great show. episode. But two seasons later, in season four they have an episode called Britney 2.0 where they essentially try to recreate that episode and just do other Britney songs and it's terrible like they they do like they have uh Heather Morris's character Britney uh also named Britney uh do the for they have her recreate the It's just an exact yeah. reenactment yeah. of that which again mm-hmm. is not something I'm sure Britney Spears wants to relive over and over again and again mm-hmm. Can't we, like, have a more mature understanding of that whole situation now? Oh, yeah. Can we please? For sure. Can we move on from, like, mm-hmm. blaming young women in the industry for mm-hmm. everything? Because it's yeah. very usually not their fault. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was... 
But yes, it's worked its way into many facets of pop culture. There, I think one of the greatest moments from The Office is there's like an opening clip where <laughs> Michael Scott like drives into like the, the Dunder Mifflin parking lot and he's listening to Just Dance by <laughs> Lady Gaga and he says it's Britney bitch to the camera. And every gay man in America <laughs> passes out. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it also has a really great uh, needle drop in the movie Hustlers, which came out a couple years ago. It was uh, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, very good movie, very good movie about strippers. And then, yeah, this there it's like set over a multitude of kind of different time periods. But when it gets to the kind of 2007 point in the story, you hear the It's Britney bitch, and then it starts playing. And it's a very, a very good movie needle drop. Yeah, Give Me More is the avatar for this album, and mm-hmm. it will live on forever. Yeah. What an avatar to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. So now we're going to move on to track two, Piece of Me. Yeah. And this song is also a very famous song, I would say, from Blackout. Other than Give Me More, I would say the most recognizable one in a lot of ways, where Britney like lost clout with "Gimme More" and like a bad mm-hmm. performance and a bad music video, mm-hmm. "Piece of Me" was really her comeback within the same album and the same era. Because of course, the following year at the VMAs, she would win yeah. Video of the Year for mm-hmm. the music video of "Piece of Me." I think the lead here is it's very surprising that she didn't write this song because yeah. this song is easily the most personal and applicable to like all the shit that was going on in 2007 yeah. related to her. I was mm-hmm. thinking that... I didn't think she was she wrote much on this album, but I assumed she had some credit on this song, but no. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting backstory there, so Bloodshy and Avant, who are sort of mildly famous pop yeah. producers, um, they actually wrote a song, Sweet Dreams, My LAX, Mm-hmm. which was a response to Justin Timberlake calling out Britney Spears in Cry Me a River. Mm-hmm. And Britney Spears' management rejected it. And there was it was kind of like this unspoken rule that you didn't write songs about Britney Spears' personal life, which, again, is a real departure from a lot of other, like, what's kind of on trend now is, like, yeah. we expect artists <laughs> to be writing their own songs and kind of speaking about their own really nuanced personal experiences. Yeah. And so to have that kind of be the rule with Britney mm-hmm. Spears, and again, I think she's a classy lady. I don't think yeah. she likes to throw shade and mm-hmm. throw it down like that. Yeah. But again, they were really nervous about presenting this song to Britney because they were like, I don't think she's going to like it. And Britney heard it and was like, this, I love this. Yes, it's going on the album. I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's cool that it empowered Britney listening to it. And Mm -hmm. again, I think it's such a testament to how famous and ubiquitous she has been in the culture that people who I'm sure knew her, but like probably were more referencing like her public persona in writing the song. People who knew her probably in a very limited way were able to write a song that is Mm -hmm. so personal and, you know, aligned with what was going on in her life. Lyrically, the song is just, like, telling the paparazzi to go shove it. Like, they are always hounding her and, like, having issues with everything she's doing. And she's like, oh, because I'm a working mom? Mm -hmm. Like, how many other people? Like, are we Mm -hmm. in the 1950s? Can I not? Mm -hmm. I'm actually making a shit ton of money here, so you're telling me I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And 
just the music video again i feel like is very attached to this song like yeah. it's not really it doesn't really exist as a statement without the music video yeah. and that's all about her sort of flipping the script on the paparazzi and like you mm-hmm. know they're taking a picture of her like in an inappropriate position yeah and it's not like oh britney spears has a vagina it's like oh what is this paparazzi doing like laying on the floor crawling underneath her just to get a crotch shot yeah like that's what's fucked up here it's not the fact that britney spears is like wearing what she's wearing and living her life yeah so that is just this is a fun kiss off to that Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of really fun delicious lyrics in there and it's great to hear her Kind of say, no, screw you. And I also will say that, again, the rule of not really talking about her personal life holds true for most of this album. And so these little glimpses that we get feel really impactful. And again, back to the story of like mm-hmm. running into the popular girl that fell from grace in the club. Yeah. It's like she's giving you like little bits and pieces, but not really spending her time like bashing people and like dwelling on the negativity she's Mm -hmm. blacking all that out tonight is about fun tonight Mm -hmm. is about a good time let's party let's dance let's Mm -hmm. let's move on from this and so again this is really the only song on the album that is truly Mm -hmm. only explicitly really directed at real life events that have to do with britney spears there's of Mm -hmm. course the little winks and nods on gimme more which is you know like yeah watch watch what I'm doing, I know you're going to anyway, and I think Why Should I Be Sad also kind of feels a little more personal, but the rest of the mm-hmm. songs really sort of are more escapist mm-hmm. and less to do with the context of Britney Spears, so mm-hmm. it makes me really happy that, like, this is the statement she wanted about this situation on the album, and she was going to leave it at that, and yeah. it what a statement to have. It mm-hmm. really is a, a great one, very entertaining I think the dark interpretation, too, of Peace of Me is, Mm -hmm. like, she's given us, you know, the public, so much of herself, and it seems like people are always angry with her, never Mm -hmm. satisfied, and it's like, you want to keep taking a piece of me? Fine. I'm going to have nothing left to give you. Like, I know I'm trapped in this life. I know there's nothing I can do about it, but, Mm -hmm. like, if you're just going to keep taking, 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 and barraging me, like, I'm not going to have anything left to give. And, again... Thankfully, that hasn't ended in tragedy yet. I think mm-hmm. it very easily could have at several points in her career. Yeah. But I do think, particularly with all this conservatorship stuff, like, mm-hmm. she might not have anything else to give us. Like, yeah. she's been talking about wanting to retire and mm-hmm. being left alone. Like, we've taken many pieces <laughs> of her. Yeah. And it's it's time to let Miss Brittany heal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this it was very poignant to me to watch at this point in time. A side note about the music video, mm-hmm. she needs to lose that hideous, like, crop top vest and those <laughs> gloves. Like, yeah. that one outfit. Like, if she lost the vest and the gloves and just kind mm-hmm. of had, like, that bralette, like, jeans thing, she'd look very cute. But yeah. the 2007 styling really killed that outfit for me. Mm-hmm. Also, a background story, like, that mm-hmm. choreo she does at the end in that, like, purple dress. Yeah. She's, it's, like, in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. She has a choreographed routine with her girls. She, d- like, did all that herself. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's fun because the director, who uh, was Wayne Isham, he also worked with her on the I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman music video, which, looking at this as a a continuation of that story is very interesting, too. Mm -hmm. But um, he had her, like, 
do it with her hair up. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, can you take your hair down? And they, like, mm-hmm. cut the, the shots of that dance with her hair down and her hair up. And it's just, like, so cool to see these, like, blatantly different takes. And she's nailing the choreo <laughs> every single shot. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was not as familiar with this song. I knew it was one of the lead singles, but surprisingly, I had never really heard it before hearing this record in full for the first time. And I really enjoy it. I love the music video. I love how just kind of aggressively confrontational both the song and the video are. And I feel what one of the strengths of Blackout is as a whole is that I feel like every song kind of has its own kind of very distinct at least sonically it has it it establishes its own atmosphere and that no two songs really kind of sound alike is that there's something very sonically distinctive about every single song on this record and so I think when you talking about kind of this narrative of it's like this one night kind of blackout and kind of these little vignettes I think this really sets it up and and to show that Give Me More, while it is lauded as like the defining single of this album, I think what it kind of goes to show is that there is so much more up Britney's sleeve for this album. And it just, it keeps the energy going. I think one of this album's greatest strengths is, is how consistent and how cohesive it is and how there's just something kind of new to discover with every track. And I think the really personal nature of the lyrics just kind of again kind of getting kind of further into kind of that like grungier instrumentation like it really kind of pushes it more like it's i feel like give me more is a great introduction to the sound of blackout but i feel like piece of me really just kind of takes it up to the next level and so yeah i i really like this track it definitely grew on me i remember like hearing it for like the first couple times i was like i like this i like this but definitely watching it in tandem with the music video as well i think it's i think while as horrible as the video for Give Me More is, like this video in particular and some of the other videos that we're going to talk about later on, I think there were so many different kind of visions that she had for this project. And it's just, again, it's just so interesting. And I think a really great track overall. And I'm really glad this was one of the lead singles since I think it really taps into the very kind of assertive and declarative nature of this body of work. Yeah, another fun fact about the song, Robin, the oh. another gay icon. Yes. She actually does background vocals. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I it was a surprise to me. I don't <laughs> know if I've ever been able to like specifically pick her out, but mm-hmm. Robin's there. Uh a chart wise, this was mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a kind of minor chart hit. It peaked at number eighteen on the mm-hmm. chart. So a yeah. top twenty hit mm-hmm. to be sure. Again, this has been a really lasting song in the brand of Britney Spears. Like she, yeah. her residency was called "Piece of Me" after yeah. this song. I think it's one that she's really proud of, and mm-hmm. for as long as she's doing shows, I think it's guaranteed to be on the mm-hmm. set list. It's guaranteed to be on the greatest hits oh, CD yeah, whenever sure. you know one is released. I'm sure one she, has been. Yeah, but, it came out like 2014. It, yeah, it's a really it's a quintessential Britney song overshadowed by gimme more but yeah this is this is the meat and potatoes of blackout it's just a great track so now we are moving on to track number three which is radar which is a song that i actually did know and kind of a funny story with kind of the history of this track 
is that I did originally, I did not know that it was originally on Blackout. Like in my memory, I fully, like I clicked play on this song and I fully recognized it. And I honestly, I thought it was a part of Circus, her follow-up record that I believe was released in 2008. So after Blackout, but no, Radar is on this record but it very much, it received a music video in 2009. Blackout never got an official tour. And of course, given everything that was going on in Britney's life that we've kind of discussed, she was not able to do a lot of promo for it. So Radar was kind of released. It was, it has, it's had a really interesting life as a single, as a track, given that it got a music video almost two years after the blackout after blackout originally came out to be clear it was on circus as a bonus track so what i read was radar was supposed to be released Mm -hmm. as the fourth single and i i it seems like one that britney and Mm -hmm. company really liked yeah but then that didn't happen and Mm -hmm. so i think to make up for the lost opportunity yeah they put it on circus and it was billed as a bonus track but it was Mm -hmm. like on the standard issue of the album like if you mm-hmm. had the album you had radar yeah and then they released radar as like the fourth official single and so the music video for radar is mm-hmm. part of again i don't necessarily i think it's kind of reductive to break down pop stars into eras but yeah. if you were going to do that radar as a music video and sort of official part of her mm-hmm. singles is belongs to circus but yeah. it does originate in mm. blackout so yeah, it's just, it's funky. I'm not really sure why it wasn't clear anywhere that I looked. I think yeah. they just liked the song and mm-hmm. felt like justice for Radar. So put it on another album and give it a shot as a single. Yeah, but I I really like this track. It was one that I had familiar familiarity with going in. And I think it works really well. I think probably the standout aspect of it is the instrumentation and kind of the actual like Radar sounds like the doom, doom. Like that, I really like, and again, I feel like it's just another example of kind of all the sounds that are present on this work and how each sound, each song is so kind of distinct from each other in that aspect. And thematically, I think it ties in very much as well. It's Britney checking out a guy, hoping, seeing that he appears on her radar, wanting to talk to him, kind of examining him. And the music video as well, I don't think it's like a particularly like huge standout music video, but it's still interesting. It's essentially, it takes place at this mansion. Brittany walks in and it's kind of like a love triangle. She walks in with one guy and there's another guy. (laughs) Two boring white guys, one rich, one poor. Yes. And so, and essentially they're playing polo. And Britney's like watching as these two guys are playing polo and essentially vying for her affection. And then she leaves with one of them. And like, it's a very much, it's a product of its time. It's a very, it's a 2009 music video in almost every sense. Well, Dave Myers directed it. And Dave Myers is a very prolific music video director. Mm-hmm. Like he's worked with Ariana Grande a lot. Has he worked with Lady Gaga? I'm sure. Did he work? Because this reminded, like... At least kind of visually, it reminded me of, like, the fame era, like, those music videos. Well, it actually was inspired by Madonna's Take a Bow Ah. video, and Mm. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm sure we'll get there. That's on uh, Madonna's album Bedtime Mm. Story, which was one of my favorites in my Madonna phase that is required in in your development. Mm. 
as a pop star fan. Yeah. Um, but I was not a fan of the music video particularly. It was sort of supposed to come out, and again, this is divorced from the blackout era, but it was kind of supposed to... Dave Myers was like, I want to class up Britney's image, and like this was Madonna's album right after Erotica, so they were looking to class her up too. Mm-hmm. But like the outfits and stuff, like yeah. do not look classy. They no, look very it's like, like a fur vest and like jeans <laughs> and like high heels and like it's a it's, it's not just a... it's a two thousands mess of yeah. you know it wasn't it's not like the Walk Away video by Kelly Clarkson, but it's yeah. it's bad. It's not good and. Yeah, the Madonna one is just kind of more elegant and sophisticated. But also, I I understand because we live in the world we live in, but also, like, we don't need to class up pop stars if they sing about sex. Like, that's kind of the thing I love about Blackout as a whole is, like, it's really not her apologizing for all of the stuff. It's just, like... I'm just a person, like, I'm living through all this stuff, but I'm yeah. just, like, let me have some fun, like, join mm-hmm. me if you want to, things are a little rough around the edges right <laughs> yeah. now, but let's take a few shots and have some fun. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, Radar, I think, is, again, there's not a song on this album that I don't think belongs there, it's just so cohesive and really tied together in those ways, but what Radar brings to the table is a really realized, strong chorus that I think mm-hmm. at this point in the album was needed because, like, Gimme More and Peace of Me are a little mm-hmm. more, like, speak-singy and there's, you know, lots of kind of little blippy parts. Like, Radar has a really clear, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, like, a pop chorus. You can connect to it in that sense. And then those, like, glitchy, like, boom-boom sounds really keep the through line of the styling of the album so mm-hmm. it fits in pretty well it's not one that i'll revisit much after we're done talking about this album i think it's okay but it belongs on the album its presence is welcome and it, it delivers another it, it keeps the powerful statement of the album going and now we'll move right along into track four, Break the Ice. We're going to break the ice with Break the Ice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this would be a good album opener. I don't want to take anything mm-hmm. away from It's Britney, Bitch, but yeah. this, this could work too. Break yeah. the Ice. Break no. the Ice on the album. Again, if we're looking at the Listerine commercial audition, this song is really... <laughs> Britney Spears <laughs> wants that <laughs> endorsement deal. Also, like Icebreakers, like the Breath Mints. That's the easy. This is genius. Like, how how is that? That is such a missed opportunity. They right they there. inserted like... so many branding opportunities in here. Smart mm-hmm. business people. So break the ice is another Danja Carrie Hilson contribution to this album, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie, this is just a divine song. I mm-hmm. love it. I think of it as a real spiritual successor to Toxic. Mm-hmm. I love the breathiness of it, even though I've been making fun of it. Mm-hmm. You know, for every in there is the yang. Yeah. But it just is a brilliant, fun dance song. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it moves, it's sexy, it's intriguing, it has, like, the right amount of danger, and most of all, tension. Like, the mm-hmm. tension it creates and builds, which is such a skill that Britney's voice has, it, it just, you want to play it in the club and dance to it. it mm-hmm. It's just smooth. It's slick. It's sly. It feels elegant and sophisticated and refined. And it's just, it's all good things with Break the Ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. This was one track that I did not have a lot of familiarity with as well. 
but Break the Ice has kind of gotten a little bit of momentum in 2021 because one of my absolute favorite artists who I will get her due diligence on a future ep- on many future episodes is Lord. And so when she was promoting her new album Solar Power, she did a bunch of promotional interviews. She and she did with Vogue, she did like the 73 questions interview. And kind of like an offshoot of that interview was they recorded her doing an acapella cover of Break the Ice by Britney Spears. And so that video got a lot of traction, got a lot of momentum, kind of both reintroduced people to that song and also introduced a lot of, got a lot of new fans, myself included, into that song. And so Lord out here really kind of representing Blackout in 2021. But I really like this song. I think one of its uh, most kind of definitive aspects as well as its music video it's super fun like it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like a three minute like anime and there are anime references in it there's a shot where britney's character she plays i guess like the secret agent and she's breaking into this building well it's supposed yeah. to be a continuation yeah. of her character in toxic yeah. like oh. that was the inspiration oh i did not it. even pick up on that yeah it's been forever since i've seen the toxic music video yeah so uh, robert hales directed this so Originally, mm-hmm. there was a remix to this song with the rapper Fabulous, mm-hmm. and they were going to film a music video of the version that he was on, mm-hmm. and they were going to do chair dancing, mm-hmm. which was sort of going to be reminiscent of the Stronger music video, mm-hmm. but then like things were crazy, and yeah. it just wasn't going to happen, and so mm-hmm. it was actually Britney's idea to do this anime inspired video mm-hmm. from there, and like they kind of took a a different approach with it. So the music video was all animated and like Britney Spears was playing this character who is some people did bad things and she's going to go and stop them and like there's mm-hmm. all these clones of her and clones of other people and she goes and like destroys them and the video it also does one of the most classically infuriating things and ends with the to be continued and I yeah. don't think we got the continuation we were promised so I would like a refund, please. (laughs) But it's really cool and fun and different. And again, like from a music video standpoint, there isn't much cohesion or through lines through those music videos. Yeah. But it's it's fun to look at it as like a continuation of that like badass, toxic, you know, Mm -hmm. secret agent character that she was playing. And uh, it it kept things fun and interesting and expect the unexpected with her. Mm -hmm. It it was cool. Fans were a big fan of this song at the yeah the point of Blackout being released. It actually won a poll by that fans voted on to be mm. the next single. So it was Ooh. released after "Give Me More" and "Piece of Me." It ended up peaking at number forty three mm-hmm. on the chart. And I can't help but thinking this song would be way bigger if there was a real promotional engine put behind it. It's it's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. There's also a reference to Nasty by Janet Jackson when she says, I like this part. So yeah. it's cool. Janet Jackson feels like a, a very um, mm-hmm. similar artist yeah. to Britney in a lot of ways, like being so strong on the dancing and mm-hmm. sort of having like a lighter, airy voice that... Yeah. Um, it gets accompanied with big <laughs> pop choruses. So it's cool to see them having a connection there. Carrie Hilson also does background vocals on the song too, which mm-hmm. we love some Carrie, some yes. pretty go rock in yes. the background. It's, we do. All the players, the, the best players from this album are here. Mm-hmm. It's just, this song is a force to be reckoned with. Oh yes. And I also feel like it was very much kind of ahead of its time where I feel like also a lot of pop stars take a lot of inspiration for anime 
in terms of like music videos and stuff like that. I know Dua Lipa did that with Future Nostalgia. I know Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat have also incorporated some of that imagery as well into their work and knowing that Britney was doing it in 2007. I don't know. I feel like some of that influence, maybe we can, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I think the song itself is influential too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a lot of songs sound like this. This is just a mm-hmm. really danceable, club ready, yes. slick production sort of song. So now we move on to, we go from breaking the ice to exploring heaven on earth. What a concept. What a concept. And I I really like this song. I think it's kind of, we've had a lot of, kind of a slew of these really anthemic, really kind of assertive kind of pop bangers. That and, are all a lot darker, yeah, too. That like are, kind of have an ominous undertone. Yeah, there's a very much, yeah, there is that ominous undertone really is present throughout the whole album. But I think Heaven on Earth is a really nice kind of step back and it's a much kind of softer sound. Britney's vocals are definitely quieter. The instrumental, it's like kind of like this slow build. It's kind of 80s synths. And it's really, it's essentially a song about being attracted to someone and thinking that they're perfect. And I think it definitely, again, ties into that narrative of this one night blackout, meeting someone when you're kind of in this drunken haze and you think that you found this perfect person while of course you may be under the influence you may not it may just be whatever environment that you're in kind of whatever euphoria or rush you're feeling and i love i love the way it builds it feels incredibly atmospheric i think each of these songs again has their own atmosphere but this takes a really interesting approach to kind of the themes on this album one, a big theme, I think, being sort of romantic and sexual intrigue. And I really, I just really, I think the approach that Heaven on Earth takes to discussing and exploring that theme and kind of that idea, I think, is really distinctive. And a song that is, I think, will continue to grow on me as time kind of passes. Yeah, it's like very cutesy, almost like 60s girl group kind yeah. of vibe. It's really a sonic risk in mm-hmm. the context of the album. It pays off and it's really connected with the production to the other songs. Again, I've praised this album's cohesion, but this is a bit of a departure and I love the heaviness mm-hmm. of the first four tracks sort yeah. of. The, the album stays more buoyant with this lighter, fresher song at the beginning. It's cute. It's fun. It seems like a great song to like sing along to at karaoke. This would be a great karaoke choice oh, for, yeah. from this album <laughs> if you were going to choose. I, it's almost like hypnotic. It's just weird, but yeah. like in the right ways that mm-hmm. belongs to the sound and to this evening, this blackout that we're... I mean, at this point... You're a couple. It's track five. You, yeah. You're a couple shots in here. Like, oh yeah. It's time to take Vegas bombs with this oh, song. Oh yes. Like that's your friends. Like we're taking a Vegas bomb, and you're <laughs> like, I don't know that I want to, but I feel I have no choice. Uh, this is also the introduction of Cara Diogardi mm-hmm. on this album. I will say, I was not kind to Miss Cara on our our <laughs> breakdown of Breakaway. Mm-hmm. I Cara does better here. Yeah. I'm, I'm more appreciative of her presence mm-hmm. here. Um, so that's fun. Here's to the American Idol judges that seem to <laughs> in, inflect every <laughs> mm-hmm. every podcast we talk about. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a fun song placed in a great spot on the track list. So now we're on to track six, 
entitled Get Naked, I Got a Plan. And the way that this song works is it's not, Danger is not credited as a featured artist, but this song is really a duet between the two of them. I gotta say, there's nudity, Get Naked, it's in the title. I think it's supposed to be sexy. Yeah. If somebody told me verbatim, get naked, I got a plan, there would be a quin-size cutout <laughs> on that wall. Like, I, it is terrifying. It is like a serial killer type shit to say, like, get naked, I got a plan. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, I'm afraid of yeah. this song and this title. And I, it's supposed to be sexy, but I, it's not. Like, I'm concerned about it. This is the nearest song to a skip I haven't been skipping it because I think it's tied in with the production Mm -hmm. and I'll just kind of forgive it. But even Dane's voice is like pitched in this creepy ghost-like way. I just, it feels like a song Mm -hmm. that will be playing in the background after I've been like abducted and am about to be like cut apart into a million pieces. I, serial killer vibes Mm -hmm. through and through with this song. It is not sexy whatsoever. (laughs) Danger's vocals where it sounds like, I know you were mentioning earlier, it's like a dentist, like, he has like this like ah. he had a reaction to the the yeah. novocaine yes it feels like someone, like someone like put like a tongue depressor on him it feels like we're at like his like doctor's appointment or something like i i can i guess i can appreciate the again the experimentation how it sound is distinctive but i think <laughs> the song is it's not sexy it's it's a skip for me like I've listened to it like when I'm like I can listen through it like it's not a horrible horrible song and it fits but, within the album yeah. if you're not really it doesn't hold up to analysis if you're not really paying attention it yeah. pretty inoffensively comes and goes yeah if it's like I can have it on in the background I won't it like will not take my attention away from anything but also at the same time it it's not it's not great I think Again, I appreciate the experimentation. I like the different sounds. It's just I don't think really any of them work that well. It's a no from me, dog. (laughs) It's a no for me, too. I think we both had this at the very bottom of our individual rankings as well. This is just... it's, it's It's not great. It's not great. So now that we've survived our encounter with the serial killer... We're on to track seven, entitled Freak Show. Yes. And this song, I just want to start with, I don't like the term freak show. I don't appreciate, like, the circus, like, let's look at people who are weird and freaks. Yeah. It's harmful, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Mm -hmm. Putting that in a box and looking at the song... It's a cool experimental track on this album. Uh, Britney Spears actually has writing credit on it, and mm-hmm. she's referenced this as one of her favorite personal deep cuts. And I can understand why. It's, it's funky, it's weird, it fits in the sonic universe of this mm-hmm. album. And there's just something so interesting about it. I could listen to it several times and take away something new each time. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think it's just, it feels very, it's just very slick. It doesn't feel like there's a single moment wasted on this song. Like, it all comes together very nicely. There's this kind of very, like, it feels very focused. It's very central, kind of that clap beat. Like, I feel like it kind of acts as, like, a spiritual successor to I'm a Slave for You, 
Like it very much like it fits very well within this album within kind of Britney's catalog as a whole. Yeah, I definitely agree with you in that I don't think the term freak show is the greatest choice of language and I think that kind of idea has been commodified time and time again within sort of popular culture. But it's it's a nice deep cut. I also I remember you mentioned earlier as well this is one of Britney's favorite deep cuts as well from this record. So now that we've talked about Freak Show, we are on to, I believe, track eight? Yes, We are track eight. eight. We are on to Toy Soldier, which this was the album's biggest surprise for me. I love this song. I think this, I love the snare, kind of like drum beats. The same thing that I said with Freak Show, where I feel like there is not a moment wasted on this song. I feel the same way about Toy Soldier. (laughs) Uh, I think I just that chorus it gets me every time I feel like it so kind of perfectly embodies this like late 2000s kind of like cheerleader pop like chorus where I feel like especially thinking about the songs that were popular within like 2006 to like 2007 like I think of like Holla Back Girl by yeah. Gwen Stefani like Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne these like kind of bubblegum pop songs that have these such earworm choruses and hooks that get stuck in your head and that you cannot get out of and that Britney is able to pull it off with such conviction that she makes it work and that this song is just it is so damn catchy I have not been able to get it out of my head since I first started listening to it and it's just it's fun I also I like the imagery of like toy soldiers as well that's not something like an actual like toy soldier I feel like that would not be necessarily a reference I would make on this album or something that I would ever really think about. And I think the context with which she sort of examines it, the central metaphor, I think is really interesting. And yeah, I feel like that, again, that chorus is just so anthemic and there's just such energy to this song that it's just, it's infectious. It's infectious. I I love it. I love it. And it was such, such a treat, such a treat. I think it deserved to be as big as girlfriend, as hollaback girl, as promiscuous, you know, all of those kind of big pop songs from 2006 to 2007. I think, I think Toy Soldier deserves more. Yeah, I wouldn't go <laughs> nearly that far, but Toy Soldier's good. Um, I really do love the like militant yeah. production matched of course with the same blips and sort of sleazy vibes that are on the rest of the songs i think that works really well here to mm-hmm. add in that drum beat and feel like a soldier marching i've always pictured like a nutcracker type toy soldier but like maybe it's one of those little green guys yeah, i don't know what toy soldier she wants to talk about but mm-hmm. yeah i'm not taken with this song quite in the way that you are. I can really see, though, someone who's a fan of Kesha's Animal (laughs) would find this. This is, yeah, kind of like that white girl rap sing-song chorus type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it really does. It it owes a debt to, like, the Hollaback Girl vibe, and I think it carries the torch forward with a lot of sounds that would be to come very popular in the musical landscape. I would love to see the music video for this song. It would have been a cool single. I'm I'm totally with you there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I'll be listening to it as much as you will be, but that's just fine. Yeah. I I hope it gets I hope it gets new life someday. I hope Make it TikTok famous. Oh, maybe if, You've been charged. Yes. If 
the pop maestros if we ever do our own. Oh, I didn't say I was. Uh, well, if we ever... I don't have the art school eye for the, the TikTok. The art school eye? Ah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. So, at track nine, we see the return of Britney Spears' favorite element, ice. Yes. Uh, hot as ice. And the, the biggest surprise about this song was that T-Pain wrote this song. <laughs> yeah, did not know that. He was, he was on the credits of this album, T-Pain, and Danger produced it. I don't really know the backstory of T-Pain writing this song. Like, maybe he was supposed to record it, and it ended up in Britney's hands. I think if you're a big fan of Britney Spears' earlier stuff, this song is really for you. I think her voice and the sing-songy quality of it really reminds me of, like, Baby One More Time. Britney brought into this darker, grungier, dive bar vibe Mm-hmm. that this album has. I quite enjoy this song. Again, I feel pretty similarly about this run of songs, like these album cuts. I think they're all strong and really fitting and cohesive, but mm-hmm. I have a harder time parsing them for parts a little bit, so mm-hmm. it's hard to point out like what's really present on this song that isn't somewhere else on the album, too. Partic- I mean, particularly the ice issue. And I also think it's a little too cute trying to be like, Hot, cold as fire, hot as ice, it's mm-hmm. opposite day. Yeah. Like, calm down with that a little bit. But it's a fun song. It's great. Yeah, I I like it. I don't think it's... I, I It's not one of my favorites off Blackout, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy kind of that uh, call and response that she uses with the hot as ice, twice as nice, like that. I kind of like... I like her vocals. Again, I think it is one of kind of a detriment having two tracks on (laughs) this album where there's a lot of central themes but having ice featured in both in two different icebreakers it's an ad it's genius branding opportunities yes it was a genius branding opportunity that i they unfortunately at least to my knowledge neither of them yeah am i did i just not watch the right tv i never saw the britney spears like Orbitz commercial mm-hmm. or Listerine commercial. This she was pitching something. She was thinking outside the box here. Yes, truly an innovative album in every sense. But yeah, I like the song. I honestly don't have a whole lot to really say about it. I think it's it's a it fits here. It's a solid cut. It's just not. I think there are just some songs on this record that I have ended up gravitating to a lot more than this song. It is on her greatest hits collection, however. Which was a surprise to me. Yes, it's on, and especially, so if you look on her Spotify page, there's the Essential Britney Spears, which was a greatest hits compilation that came out in 2014. And uh, Break the Ice and Hot as Ice are right next to each other in that uh, She was hot these days. She needed to to cool down. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just thought... That this was is not a greatest hit to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, it's not. It was... I, respect to Blackout. It's a but, great album. But this is not... A, I would not put this on my greatest hits album if yeah, I were bringing that was... Here. But Hot as Ice was the deep cut that made it onto the greatest hits collection. So. <laughs> Maybe she owed T-Pain money. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, dude. I know you bought me that shot and I never paid you back. You can go on the greatest hits album. Oh, my God. You get royalties from that. That'll mm-hmm. settle my debt. <laughs> Incredible. So once the ice has melted, we're now <laughs> on track 10, Ooh Ooh Baby, which 
we haven't yet talked about this, but the amount of babies in pop songs, like, mm-hmm. find a new word. Like, oh, it's yeah. everywhere. And it's, this is not just Britney Spears, although mm-hmm. I think she is especially attached to this word given, like, baby one more time. Oh, yeah. Was her first big hit. But, yeah, this song, interestingly, blends the beat of Gary Glitter's rock and roll and the melody of the Turtles' Happy Together, mm. which wasn't immediately apparent to me. This was also a Cara Diogardi song, and Britney Spears has a writing credit on it, too. Sort of weirdly, so Britney Spears mm-hmm. was recording this song while she was pregnant with her second child, Jaden, mm-hmm. and she was interacting with, what's the other one's name, Sean Preston, or yeah. Preston Sean. It's one of those two. The yeah. older son. Okay. And, like, Cara Diogardi, like, wrote the song about her interactions mm-hmm. with the baby, and she's like, some of the time this song's about a lover, and some of the song, the time this song is about a kid, and I don't really like the idea of blending that's, those two ideas. That's very, that's very tricky. Yeah. That's very, very, <laughs> a very A difficult tricky. needle to thread. I don't think, if you don't know the context, it's like, okay, but, you know, she was talking about, like, oh, when you touch each other like Britney Spears like there's a sparkle in her eye motherhood and then like the line is when you touch me I come alive and it's like that is not the interpretation of this song Mm -hmm. so that's a bit weird all that said I'm a hoe for a good Spanish guitar and we love the Spanish guitar she took some notes from Celine (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) I I don't know why I love love a good Spanish guitar Mm -hmm. and yeah again this is sort of I think this is a close relative of Radar like I think it's has a strong pop chorus which is good for the album to have kind of more realized choruses when some of these are a little more unconventional or like Mm -hmm. experimental so that said it does feel really safe and i don't think is one of the more innovative tracks on the album i think it is a weaker one if you're gonna name a weaker track Mm -hmm. that said it's not bad it holds its own Mm -hmm. it's fine so now we're on to track 11, Perfect Lover, which is an awesome song. I'm actually kind of bummed it's so deep in the track list because I do think it gets mm-hmm. a little lost. But like this could have been a single. It's mm-hmm. a great song. Again, we've got Carrie Hilson and mm-hmm. Danger writing and Danger producing. And it's just so great from a standpoint of building that urgency and that tension it's Mm -hmm. so central to what works so well about blackout Mm -hmm. is you're just like caught up in the blackout you're caught up in the dive bar in the club and it just this song surges forward it has all of those elements of like the 2007 timbaland birds a pop sound and her voice sounds great and you just you're you lean in closer when this mm-hmm. song comes on it's real intriguing and fun and a little dangerous yeah for sure i actually discovered this song for the first time earlier this summer like i was creating some playlist on spotify and that had a couple of britney spears songs and then in like the recommended songs this was one of them or I was just going through like random like femme fatale deep cuts and this song came up at my recommended and I just felt I fell in love with it. I think it really beautifully kind of builds that tension and it's just it it makes the most of its time. And I think it's just very hypnotic. An efficient yeah, album. It's an efficient album. It's very just kind of hypnotic. Like I think it kind of it just really captures your attention right from the get go. Like with the are you ready? <laughs> 
and it's just yeah, like, and that's mm-hmm. like the whole thing with the album. These little like whispers and the yeah. sighs, like and, the like, breathing. I feel Britney's like Britney's here, Listerine like, commercial. Yes, this is where that kind of breathing with that. It kind of like it works really well here. Like I feel like with Get Naked, I Got a Plan. That those kind of vocal inflections. Call nine one one. Yes, like this. They kind of they. Re, I feel like Britney and Danger reveal redeem themselves with Perfect Lover. A well, bit. they also had a ton yeah. of songs on this oh, yeah. album, so they can't all be amazing. But yeah. Perfect Lover, I think, is the what I would release as another single after mm-hmm. the first three. For sure. Personally, yeah. But I also kind of like that it's a deep cut too. It's a fun. It's a fun. Discovery. Yeah, it feels earned. You yeah, know, like, it's earned. You don't deserve this song unless mm-hmm. you listen to all of Blackout. Alrighty, so now we are closing out the standard track list of the album with "Why Should I Be Sad," which I personally I liked. I think as an album closer, it's not super strong i don't think it's one of the strongest cuts on this record i think there's some nice again there's some nice experimentation but i don't think this song is super memorable i feel like it definitely took some influence from every time and sort of having the album closer be like kind of like this softer more contemplative kind of ballad in a sense and i feel like on Blackout, I feel like I would have just liked it to end on a slightly more energetic note because I feel like this album is just so kind of jam-packed and has a very consistent energy levels throughout and then why should it kind of peters out a little bit with why should I be sad but I don't know that's just me. Yeah I actually have a lot of love for this song being the closer (laughs) even though I understand that from an energy perspective it may come across as a bit of a letdown The thing I like about it is that it's one of the more personal songs. Again, this isn't super diving into all the stuff that was going on. Like, Peace of Me addresses it. There's little glimmers on Gimme More. But I like that, again, in my own version of this as one night, a blackout, and, like, having it be, like, the closer where, like, the sun's coming up and you're starting to come, like, sober up a little bit, come to... And, like, that's when she gets a little bit more personal about, like, why should I be sad? Why should I hang on to the dark things? And, like, let's just, you know, move on. Like, it just seems like a moment of realness from her that she's sort of avoiding for a lot of the album. I also think it's worth commenting. This is uh, the arrival of Pharrell Williams, who is also very excited to work with Britney. He keeps going like, Britney, let's go in in the song, (laughs) Uh uh, which is fun. And again, I thought the Neptunes produced more of this album than they actually did. This is the only track that they are on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think it kind of ends the night of Blackout mm-hmm. in a way. I don't think it's one of the strongest tracks, and I I think Piece of Me does a more successful, like, deeply personal song. Yeah. But I just think it closes the story, and, you know, you're, you're starting to get the headache now. Like, you've mm-hmm. realized that maybe it wasn't the wisest decision to take all of those Vegas bombs. But, yeah, yeah it just, it kind of completes the story to me. And I love that because there's so few personal moments like that, you really pay attention to the ones that are there. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. Those are those are some very good points. I maybe I just need to sit with it a little bit longer. And it is interesting too. Like it is a softer one. That's kind of the closest thing this album has to a ballad. Mm-hmm. But again, it's still really glitchy. It still has the sleaze and the yeah. the two thousand seven Timbaland type of vibe to it. So mm-hmm. again, it's really connected while having those. Yeah. notes of more somber slower tone mm-hmm, for sure Alrighty, so now we have kind of three tracks left to explore we have worked completely worked our way through the standard track list of blackout but we kind of how we do these deep dives is we go off of what is available on spotify and so on this version of this album that is on Spotify for public listening, there are 15 tracks in total. Two of them are bonus tracks, and one of them is a remix, which we will talk about a little bit. But for our first bonus track, we have uh, Get Back, which overall... Get Back. Get Back. Get Back. <laughs> which overall, I think, is a pretty solid bonus track. I can see why it is a bonus track, but I think it's fun. It's fun. It's catchy. It has a nice build to it. I think instrumentally it kind of sputters out a little bit at the end, has a little bit of trouble sticking the landing, but again, it has really that assertiveness, that confidence that's present throughout the record, and I think it still fits, and I, I like it. If it was included on the standard track list, I wouldn't be upset at its inclusion. No, it would make sense on the standard track list. It does sound a lot like Perfect Lover, yeah, which makes sense because it's a lot of the same people. You've got Danger again. Mm-hmm. I like it. Get Back. I think it's strong and fun and confident, all those things that you said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't need to be there. It, mm-hmm. It's a good bonus track. It adds, if you're looking for something that is already on the album... Like, I don't know why you would go to get back, but if Mm -hmm. the album keeps playing, it's a fine song to have on. And then we have the Junkie XL dub remix of Gimme More, which is there. Yeah. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the reworking of that song. I think Gimme More is a song that lends itself to being remixed. Yeah, for sure. It also makes more of a use of the bitch (laughs) in its Britney Mm -hmm. bitch than the original does, which... yeah. I, I don't know if it contributed to giving that more life than it already was going to have, but mm-hmm. you can tell, like, other people really dug yeah. <laughs> dug it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's it's fun. It's clubby. Like, mm-hmm. it definitely is a club remix sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. I guess you were saying Junkie XL does a lot of, like, movie soundtracks. Yeah, so I know Junkie XL's music, but I don't know him from uh, working with, like, pop stars and, like, musicians, like, in the traditional sense. Like, he has done a lot of movie soundtracks, particularly within this past decade, particularly, like, with Warner Brothers. So, like, if I'm thinking about Batman versus Superman, Mad Max Fury Road, he has done a lot of the score. He's either composed the full scores or has worked on those, like, musical scores. Uh, Deadpool. So, like, almost every big action superhero blockbuster within, like, the past, like, 10 years or so, he has worked, like, he has worked on the score in some capacity. He's a big collaborator with Hans Zimmer, who is also a very famed movie score composer. So, that's, that was how I knew Junkie XL. Yeah, I I didn't know this, but it's... Yeah. I'm, I was surprised to know that he also did, like, <laughs> pop star remixes. Yeah, so, like... He's done a couple more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I know his work, but, like, from 
Mad Max Fury Road, not from working with artists like Britney Spears. So it was cool. To, it was cool to see him pop up and see what he did with this track. It's I, I don't know if I'm ever really gonna revisit it, but it's it's a fun it's a fun remix. Yeah, I think it belongs on the Give Me More remix album more yeah. than it needs to be in Blackout, but. Mm-hmm. I also think they were probably reaching for some material to reissue, and yeah. I think Give Me More Again is a good song to remix, and I thought it was fine for being what it was. And so now we arrive at the album's final track, uh, Everybody, and so I guess I will start off and say I really enjoy this song. It interpolates sweet dreams are made of this, and it very much is just a fun kind of club banger. I I really enjoy the interpolation. I know, Quinn, you have some thoughts about it, and this is a song where our opinions kind of diverged in a very big way. But I found it to be really catchy and really fun, and I feel like Britney is able to do enough with that sample to where she's really able to kind of breathe some new life and energy into it. Of course, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This is iconic in its own right. Britney will, nobody will ever think of that song and immediately think of everybody. But I think for what it is and what it does, it's still really fun. And I ended up enjoying it far more than I thought I would. Yeah, so my biggest beef with this song, it was written and produced by J.R. Rodham, who is just one of the most obnoxious forces in pop music at this time to me. He had this habit of just taking famous songs and famous samples and slapping them into pop songs just for like a cheap money grab. He did this notably with like Tainted Love and S.O.S. by Rihanna and I think most egregiously, he did it with What You Say by Jason Derulo, that what you say, mm, that you only meant, well, that whole hook is a sample. Like, he didn't write that. He just snagged it from another song. Again, like, when it's a song that's this famous, like Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, I guess it's not as bad because everyone obviously knows it's a sample, but I feel like he's really mm-hmm. been... Uh, done a disservice to some of the artists that have come up with songs and then he just slaps them in there so I was kind of annoyed to see him on here and included and I'm just lower on Britney Spears's interpretation of Sweet Dreams I don't know that we needed or anyone was asking for the Britney Spears cover of Sweet Dreams are made of this so I, I'll admit I was kind of dismissive of this song and just didn't really give it much of a chance and I also think the fact that it follows the Gimme More remix on the track list, like, you kind of start tuning out when you hear remixes of songs you've already heard. Yeah. So it's hurt by the album placement. I'm not angry about it. It doesn't offend me. I don't hate it in any sense. But will I ever listen to it again? No. So now that we have gone through each track on Blackout, we have officially concluded our one night with uh, the popular girl (laughs) from high school. We ain't blacked out anymore. (laughs) Yeah, we are awake and we are very likely hungover. But now we are going to go through our uh, combined rankings of the songs on Blackout. And so we're going to be starting at the bottom with number 15, and then we're going to be ending at number one. This is combined from Quinn and I's individual rankings of the album. We have a points-based system for those who may be new. And so we are going to be starting off at the very bottom with the at number 15 with the Give Me More Junkie XL remix. I feel like 
we don't have a whole lot to really add to it. It's a remix. It's nice. I think it would have been more appropriate placed on the Give Me More remix album as opposed to Blackout, but it, it it's a fun one listen. Yeah, and I should say, if you're you know a stickler for consistency, our previous album ranking of positions, we combined the 3435 original cut and the remix. We opted not to do that this time because they felt like two very different songs, whereas like the previous time, those two songs are really identical. It's just one has a couple extra guest verses on there. So we separated them out for this ranking just for the reason that they're so different. Mm -hmm. It was kind of our judgment call. If it bugs you, I look forward to listening to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number 14 is Serial Killer Anthem, Get Naked, I Got a Plan. (laughs) It just, this song title terrifies me and I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Incredible. And so at number 13, we have uh, Why Should I Be Sad? Uh, A nice closer. Not one of our biggest standouts from Blackout, but it's a little more personal. Definitely some interesting things production-wise happening. So yeah. Sorry, Pharrell. Sorry, (laughs) Pharrell. That's your baby in there. Speaking Mm -hmm. of babies, uh, 12 is Ooh Ooh Baby. Mm -hmm. I just think it plays it safer than most of the other songs on the album, which is what hurts it. Not a bad track by any means. Yep, and at number 11, we have Hot as Ice, which, again, I feel like is another solid track of the two tracks on this record named after the element of ice. I think this is definitely the inferior one, but still some nice call and response, some fun stuff happening here. Yeah, I just think it it's hurt in this ranking because there's nothing that it does the best on yes. the album. Like, if you're looking for this aspect of the song... Like, there's another song that does it better. It just, yeah. it kind of, it, it's not a star in any one category. It's a generalist, not a specialist. Ooh, I like that. Then 10, we've got Get Back, which I also think f- goes hand in hand with Hot as Ice too. I think it's a good song. It holds its own, but it, there's not an element on there that's really the star and you <laughs> couldn't find in another track on the album. Yeah. And then number nine, we have Radar. I am a really big fan of this track. I like it a lot. Again, I don't think it's the strongest single on this record, but still really fun and some really interesting sort of sonic experimentation happening on it. Yeah, and then number eight is Everybody, which (laughs) was not this high in my personal rankings, but we are a collaborative podcast. (laughs) <laughs> Blake really stand for this one. Yeah, it's in my it's number three. Yeah, I don't even. What is good about this? Do you you tell them? <laughs> yes, I I love again. I love the interpolation. It's just it's fun. I like it. I like what she does with it. I under I see your criticisms and I think they're fair, but. I don't know. It just, it worked for me. It worked for me. It's a track that I've been... Well, I like that it makes you happy. Yes. I've been coming back to it and just, it works. It works for me. And then at number seven, we have Freak Show, which, you know, very concise, very to the point. It has very nice kind of that clap rhythm to it. Works well. Again, I don't think it's 
the strongest cut on this album obviously given its place in the ranking but still a nice a nice deep cut and it, it's catchy and it's it's fun i think this top seven is really strong actually mm-hmm. number six we have heaven on earth uh great fun weird mm-hmm. i think it stands out because it's so special it's definitely one if i were to pick one of these songs to sing at karaoke it would be heaven on earth nice and then at number five, so we're rounding out our top five here, we have Break the Ice, a great track, a great single, a great music video. It was Just, my favorite. I put it at number one in my personal rankings. I could see it climbing up my personal ranking. I can't remember where I had it. But I think it could definitely climb up. And again, missed opportunity of the century, Britney Spears and Icebreakers not teaming up. This for... whole album, it was it just it was on the table. It was right there. Mhm. Goodness. Uh for we have Piece of Me, the clapback at the media. There's just something so special about this song. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear Britney really likes the song too. Mm-hmm. And the music video, easily the standout music video, one of the best in her career, I would say. For sure. Just a great song that she didn't write, but it feels like it. Yeah, absolutely. And then number three, this is entirely of my almost entirely of my doing. We have Toy Soldier. My favorite chorus on this album. I love it. It's so catchy. It's so anthemic. The drum beat, just, uh, I will continue to sing the praises of this song until... It's quintessential Blackout. I mean, this is, Mm -hmm. if you like this album, this kind of thing, Toy Soldier, it fits right in. Justice for Toy Soldier. I love it. And then our number two song, which was kind of a surprise to me, Perfect Mm -hmm. Lover. But I'm not mad about it. We both had it really high in our individual rankings, and Mm -hmm. it just really captures the urgency and the essence of what Blackout is. And you've Mm -hmm. got Carrie Hilson, you've got Danger, and you've got a slinky, sexy Britney Spears. Like, this is is it. This is Mm -hmm. the best parts of this album are on this track. Yeah, absolutely. And then for number one, we have Give Me More, which it was my personal number one. I know, Quinn, it was a little bit lower for you, but I think personally this is just the defining song of Blackout, really just a defining song of 2000s pop as a whole. It's just iconic. I mean, I don't know how you can argue with it. It's a very worthy number one. Yes, it truly, it has stood the test of time. Like, if you put this song... (laughs) You know what hasn't stood the test of time? Is the Lil' Kim remix (laughs) to this song that is called Kimmy Moore. Um, This was also a fun surprise in researching Mm -hmm. for this podcast that Mm -hmm. there is, that exists out there, but that has been lost with time because I've never heard of that before. Wow. (laughs) All righty. Maybe we're just going to have to do our entire, another podcast or a bonus episode just dissecting and analyzing Kimmy Moore. It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) But Kimmy Um, Moore is. Kimmy Moore is a modern classic. It's just like the ultimate hot mess song. Yes. It's, what can we say? What else can we say? It's, it's incredible. It's, it's Britney, bitch, is it's what we Brit- can say. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> so before we black out, black out from our memory, I kid, I kid. Uh, Quinn, do you have any final thoughts on this project as a whole before we reveal what our next deep dive is going to be? 
Well, I just so happened to feel compelled to talk a little bit about, earlier I mentioned my love for the title Blackout of this album. One of my favorite little nuggets from the Wikipedia page. Uh, I'll just read it. In June 2007, Spears posted a message on her official website asking for assistance with a title for the album. Among the options were, OMG is like Lindsay Lohan like okay like. That was an option. <laughs> then there is, what if the joke is on you? Then down boy. <laughs> then integrity. And then the fifth option was dignity. <laughs> so Blake, I'm going to put to you, of those options, <laughs> what would you call this album? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I feel like if I if there was a gun pointed at my head and I had to choose one of those covers, I would probably say integrity. I feel like thematically <laughs> that most fit, that most definitely fits, but I feel How like... How does that fit? <laughs> No. What do any of these titles have to do with this album? <laughs> None of them, but if I'm saying that's why if I had a gun pointed to my head and had to choose one, but I do I do really What love... about this album deals with integrity? Like how do you tie that in? I don't know. I Britney's integrity as a performer. That's okay. how I see it. In a greater sense. I concede. Yes, that she believed in her vision. I'm sorry, I'm a huge advocate for OMG is yes. like Lindsay Lohan like, like okay, like yes. that is if 2007 yeah. were an album title, yeah. that would be the album I do title. Lo I do love that. It's title. amazing. Yeah. Honestly, it would have won album of the year if yes. that was the title of the album. Down Boy? Like, Down Boy? Yeah. And then it just like doesn't explain why all of those were scrapped. And then they're just like, yeah. And then it was called Blackout later to mean blacking <laughs> out negativity. Oh my god. I mean... But, like, I want to live in the world that Britney Spears called this album, OMG, is like Lindsay Lohan, like, okay, like. If there was a Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan collab on this record, I don't think I can. I mean, weren't they friends around this time? And yeah. Paris Hilton? Or oh. what, did they just hang out one time and there was that one picture? Yeah, I think they cared. hung out once. I know Lindsay and Paris were very close friends for a while. and then they Don't they hate a, each other now? Yeah, they had a huge falling out. There's a great, like mini-series on YouTube that I watched about Lindsay Lohan's entire career. Did you watch the Paris Hilton documentary about how she was, like, taken to a prison camp for privileged teens? Oh, yeah. I have not seen it, but I've, like, heard about it, and I know a little bit it's about the this. It's the tea. I've heard a little bit about And, like, about what is Lindsay Lohan up to? Is she, like... I think she's in Dubai. Like, yeah, and she, she opened a restaurant? She's in Dubai. She had, like, an MTV show for a little while where it was, like, Lindsay's, like, beach resort... Where she, like, had, like, some sort of beach resort, and it was about, like, the restaurant at the resort, and she didn't make any appearances in the show, but I think she's trying to stage another comeback at some point. I, but yeah, I think since, like, but she's been doing a lot of work in Dubai as of, like, 2018. Okay, here's my question, then. What would you title Lindsay Lohan's comeback album? Ooh. Integrity? <laughs> Dignity? <laughs> <laughs> OMG is like Lindsay Lohan like okay like I mean if that's her way of taking back the narrative <laughs> <laughs> what if what if um, I feel like it would have to be a very long title like yeah. it would have to have a title and then a subtitle like mm -hmm. Lindsay back from the dead yes Mean Girls 3 ooh that could work 
And get like Amanda Seyfried to like feature on it. Can Rachel McAdams sing? I know Amanda Seyfried can sing. I don't know about Rachel McAdams or Lacey Chabert or anyone else in the cast. And I feel like the guy who plays Damien. Oh yeah, he can sing. What is his name? I don't know. I can't remember. It's Daniel Frazee. I can't remember his name. Well, cheers. Pour one out for him. Yes, pour one out for him. Love him. He's great. He's on a TV show called Looking that was on HBO like seven years ago, which is a great show if you have not seen it. Yeah, when like of course we would need to have Britney Spears featured on it too. Oh yes, the Ooh. Britney Spears Lindsay Lohan collaboration, like that Ooh. would talk about break the internet. Mm-hmm. I would be so here for that. Yes, <laughs> amazing. Oh yes, that the would choreo. Be... Yes, it would just be like Lindsay Lohan like <laughs> in front of a wind machine and like oh, Britney yes. like just like doing like stilts, mm-hmm. like trapeze flips yeah. and jumps around her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, no, I, yeah. the world needs it. Yes. I put I, that out there. Britney Spears doesn't have to make another song for anybody, but she just has to do that. <laughs> yeah, she has to do a Lindsay Lohan collab. JK, I kid. Lindsay Lohan, or not Lindsay Lohan. Well, that too. Britney Spears does not have to do anything she doesn't want to do. Yes. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Live your life, Brit. Yeah, she's a legend. She is an icon. She has given us so she's much. She's a runner. She's a track star. Yes, she's given us so much already. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... That's all I got on Blackout. I think the impact and the legacy of this album sort of speaks for itself. This sound was very prominent mm-hmm. at the time. I think Britney elevated it and put her own spin on it, and yeah. it's just been replicated over and <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. And that, I mean, is comforting and great to see that, like, yeah. ultimately, at least in the context of Blackout, that mm-hmm. was not taken very seriously to see it have such a life after yeah. this mm-hmm. and to get so much respect from critics and fans alike. Yeah. You know, that's just a testament to the power of Britney. Yeah. And how strong she is. And, you know, I can understand why a lot of artists want to be like her because mm-hmm. there's just something really magical about her. She just has that it thing that star Mm. quality yeah and yeah i mean in terms of like specifics i've mentioned it on this podcast earlier but animal by kesha really sounds like indebted to this blackout sound Mm -hmm. i think some of these like smooth pop sounds that have kind of like edm sort of entered its soft rock phase i've heard it described and like Mm -hmm. nowadays like these little glitchy sputters are in like every pop song. Oh yeah, and I mean also hyper pop is its own genre now that has been able to produce some pretty formable stars. You think about someone like a hundred Gex or Dorian Electra or Arca. I feel like even Lady Gaga with her Dawn of Chromatica remix album. Well, Telephone, yeah. the song Telephone was mm-hmm. a demo that Britney Spears almost recorded for mm-hmm. Blackout. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a very direct line to Lady Gaga from yeah. this album particularly. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, this is really a, a monument. It's a testament to mm-hmm. 2000s pop and long may its influence reign Uh, pharrell's i mean still a big producer i i know danger isn't as Mm -hmm. prominent nor is timberland who wasn't even a producer on this but Mm -hmm. pharrell's still out here uh, making a name for himself in the industry both as a solo Mm -hmm. artist and as a producer so Mm -hmm. absolutely that's that's some legs this thing has too Yes, and so before we close out the show, Quinn, do you, would, you, would you like to reveal what our next deep dive is going to be? Or I can reveal it. Well, we're taking, we're taking a new path. We're going roads less traveled. 
we are going to the one, the only, Beyonce. What album, you ask? Beyonce. <laughs> yes, her 2013 self-titled album, which was revolutionary for a number of different reasons, but one, it really kind of revolutionized the modern female pop star surprise releasing an album and that is not a female pop star thing that is like Mm -hmm. a game changer in the industry as a whole i mean Mm -hmm. this it's it's sort of old hat now it was like so influential that it became yeah like it's not in like it's everyone does this now i mean Mm -hmm. we we've talked about positions already on this podcast it's like Mm-hmm. That wasn't exactly the same rollout, but it was pretty much like, hey, I've got an album dropping next week. Like, this is something stars do all the time now. Yeah. Just out of nowhere dropping full-length projects with no promotion, no warning. Mm-hmm. And I think at any given time, any given artist of high caliber or not, yeah. you know, could just pop out of nowhere with a fully formed project mm-hmm. that you never expected. And so yeah. I'm very excited to dig into the influence. Full disclosure, I haven't been a particular Beyonce fan in my life. Like, I like her, I respect her, but I haven't necessarily connected to her music. Mm-hmm. I have a, not the warmest feelings about her brand all of the time, mm-hmm. but I really respect her as a very powerful woman in the industry, particularly a black woman that mm-hmm. uh, has to contend with a lot of factors and has garnered and earned the respect and the credibility that she's made for herself throughout the industry so i am excited to take another look at beyonce and and give give my takes on what i think of of beyonce the album because Mm -hmm. it's definitely one that i haven't spent much time with yeah absolutely and i'm i'm kind of in a different camp where when we were talking about albums that we initially wanted to cover for this podcast and creating our schedule this was one that i kind of advocated for because this was this is was kind of one of the defining albums of my high school experience. This came out it came out when I was in eighth grade, but it didn't I didn't really discover it until like my junior year of high school, and right around the same time that Lemonade came out. So both Beyonce's self titled and Lemonade albums I both really love and were both kind of very formative in kind of my coming of age, and so I'm really excited to revisit them i was literally listening to it this morning and i i really 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 love so much of this record and there is also a visual album component as well i don't know how much of uh, the visuals we're going to dissect with it but we we you will have to tune in and see but yes beyonce self-titled we're very excited to jump into it and so yeah i think i think that's our show for this week yeah, be on the edge of your seat for mm-hmm. our our next upcoming project. Thanks for listening, as always, and take care of yourselves. And never forget, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Indeed it is. Take care, fellow pop maestros. Take care.